Turn your Bibles, if you will. We're going to start in the book of Genesis, chapter 37. Genesis, chapter 37. Just a quick question this morning as you're turning there. Why did the assistant forgive the magician? Why did the assistant forgive the magician? Because he made all of her mistakes disappear. Forgiveness, right? And what we're talking about. Over the past few weeks, we've been, we've taken the time to really uh, cover what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. And this morning, I want us to spend our time looking at forgiveness in action. Forgiveness in action. I want us to kind of see, um, I want us to see it applied in, in real life situations, right? We can, we can sit here in, in, a, in a nice air-conditioned church and, and talk about what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't, but it doesn't mean anything until we apply it, amen? Until we live it. And I want us to kind of take a look at how it's applied in real life situations. And, and one of the greatest examples found in the Bible is that of the life of Joseph. Amen? So let's look in Genesis chapter 37. We'll start right at verse 1. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic, a coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, "'Please hear this dream which I have dreamed.' There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then Joseph dreamed still another dream. And he told it to his brothers, and he said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. So we see here that Joseph had a dream, and his dream was very clear. His dad, his mom, and all 11 of his brothers would one day come and bow down before him. We also, as, as if you've read through uh, the life of Joseph, you know that God had also blessed Joseph with the ability, the gift, to understand and interpret dreams and visions. 
we see that not only did God give him a dream, but he gave him that interpretation of that dream as well. So Joseph had that gift. Now, what we need to understand is that there was nothing wrong with his gift. The problem was Joseph himself. God, his almighty hand, was upon this young man, but he needed to learn temperance. He needed to learn self-restraint. Who did God give that vision to? To Joseph. Do you think Joseph had to go out and tell his brothers about that dream? Do you think he had to go out and tell his dad about the dream? He knew the situation with his brothers. He had already been, uh, you know, a tattletale. He had gone to his father and gave him a bad report about his brothers. Ah, dad, they're supposed to be working, but they're out there fooling around. You know how younger brothers are. So the problem wasn't his gift. The problem was Joseph himself. He needed to learn temperance. And this is why God allowed his brothers to to deal so harshly with Joseph. And the first thing I want us to look at is Joseph's preparation. Joseph's preparation. How God was preparing this young man. In fact, his brothers wanted to kill Joseph. Amen? However, they eventually thought thought better of it, and instead they decide to sell him as a slave. Amen? Decide to sell him as a slave. And to cover up their plan, they, you know, uh, uh, they tell their parents, and they deceive them into thinking that he was killed by a wild animal. If we skip down to, to verses 31, staying in Genesis 37, skip down to verse 31. Says So they took Joseph's t- coat, his tunic, killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's coat or not? And his father recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son for many days. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted, and he said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. So even though things looked really bleak, God was still with this young man, Joseph. He opened the door for Joseph to to work for an Egyptian officer named Potiphar. Now Potiphar quickly elevates Joseph to be in charge of his entire uh, estate. Now skip ahead to Genesis chapter 39. We're going to start reading at verse 6. Thus Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. So we see here that Potiphar's wife propositions Joseph, and not just this one time, 
But if we keep reading, we'll see that she does it day after day, every single day. And Joseph, what is his response? This young man refuses all of her advances, every single one of them. But rejected and angry, she decides to get revenge, and she accuses Joseph, falsely accuses him of rape. So Potiphar takes action, and he casts Joseph into the prison, into his dungeon. So this young man, Joseph, in essence, he's punished for doing what? For doing the right thing, right? Punished for doing the right thing. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. Listen to what the Bible says. For this is commendable, if because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if when we are beaten for our faults, we take it patiently? But when we do good and suffer, if we take it patiently, this is commendable before God. And that's exactly what we see here with Joseph. And this was the beginning of, of Joseph's preparation period. As God was working on this young man. He didn't realize it at the time, but God had an amazing plan for his life. Amen? And one of the, the worst things that can happen to someone is for them to succeed before they are ready to handle it. Amen? How many times have we seen a, a, a family start a business, a dad work hard for many years and, and start this incredible business? Year after year, they work hard and build this business up, and then they turn it over to their children. And what happens? It goes right downhill, doesn't it? That's because they succeeded, or they had success before they were ready to handle it. And God knows that about us. And he is preparing this young man, Joseph, for the plan that he had for him. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, the Bible tells us, verse 6, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and he scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, then God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? So that leads me to the next point I want to talk about. Not only do we see Joseph being prepared, but I want us to see God's chastening of Joseph. Now, Joseph, at this point, he had plenty to be bitter about, didn't he? Think about his situation. He could be bitter at his brothers. They absolutely hated him and betrayed him. Amen? Sure, he was a tattletale, absolutely. And he taunted them with his dreams, but... I think they went over the top a little bit by wanting to kill him. Amen. If it wasn't for one brother who stood in the gap, they would have killed him. So they, instead, they decide to sell him as a slave. Not only could he, uh, did he have the right to be bitter at his brothers, but he could have also been bitter at being falsely accused. Amen. Falsely accused of rape and then thrown in jail for doing the right thing. 
He did everything right. Amen? He resisted Potiphar's wife's temptations. Her invitation day after day, and he resisted. I don't know about you, but if that was me, I would have expected to be blessed. Amen? We do the right thing. What is our expectation? We expect to be blessed. Amen? He was no different. Amen? Expecting to be blessed for his faithfulness. Instead, he finds himself thrown into prison. And we would be just as confused as he was. Amen? And not only could he have been bitter at his brothers, bitter at Potiphar's wife, bitter at being falsely accused, but also the icing on the cake, who allowed it all to happen? God did. Amen? We talked about this last week. A lot of the resentment that we have is resentment towards God for allowing it to happen. Joseph did all the right things, and in his mind, you know, no doubt he was playing it over and over, and God still allowed this to happen to me. Genesis chapter 39, verse 9. Joseph was saying, There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he, talking about Potiphar, kept back anything from me, he's talking to Potiphar's wife, but you. Because you are his wife. Listen to what he says. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against who? God. Joseph knew in his heart that he wasn't just sinning against Potiphar, but he would ultimately and most importantly be sinning against who? Almighty and righteous God. Amen? Joseph, was, he was very faithful. This young man was loyal to God. But here's a sad truth. Most people in Joseph's situation, they're hesitant to have an affair for one reason. Anybody know? Fear of getting caught. Amen? Not fear of sinning against God, but most men in that same situation... They hesitate for one reason, and that is the fear of getting caught. That's the sad reality. But this was not the case with this young man, Joseph. How do we know that? Well, the fact is, he was all the way in Egypt. No one knew who he was there, amen? There were no fellow Israelites there. None of his family was there. He was in Egypt. No one knew who he was. And Potiphar's wife... She surely wasn't going to say anything, was she? And here we see, yet Joseph was still faithful to God. Amen? He didn't want to sin and let God down. And what was his reward for being that faithful and that loyal? Thrown into jail for doing the right thing. Joseph absolutely, indeed, had a lot to be bitter about, didn't he? Joseph also had many offenders to forgive, didn't he? Think about it. He had his brothers who sold him as a slave, Potiphar's wife who falsely accused him of rape, and God who let it all happen. So kind of as we um, skip ahead a little bit, after some time passed, Joseph gets company in jail. He's joined by Pharaoh's butler and his baker. Now, both men had received a dream from God 
that Joseph would interpret for them. Now, for the baker, he would be hanged in three days. But for the butler, he would get his job back in three days. And as we continue to read in the book of Genesis, both things occurred exactly as Joseph uh, uh, prophesied. Joseph then asked the butler for a favor. Let's skip ahead to Genesis chapter 40. So in the process of interpreting their dreams, skip down to verse 14. Genesis 40, verse 14. Joseph says, But remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I have done nothing here that they should put me into this dungeon. Amen? Joseph asked this simple favor, one that, you know, if we were in his situation, wouldn't we probably do the same thing? Absolutely. Remember, he's flesh and blood just like we are. A favor that we would ask the same of. Now, what we don't see, we get to see it, but something that he didn't see was that God had a different plan for him. In order for, for Joseph's faith to be strengthened, in order for his testimony to hold weight, Joseph's release from prison had to be divinely supernatural and not simply by human ability. Amen? Not simply by Joseph asking a favor of this, of this uh, uh, butler to, to you know, mention to Pharaoh. It had to be supernatural. Look, God wanted Joseph out of prison just as much as Joseph wanted to get out of prison. Amen? God does not want to see his children suffer. But at the same time, God was doing a work upon Joseph. So if, if it came by way of the, of the butler's good word or, or his doing, it, not, it would not have been by God's plan. It wouldn't be part of his uh, divine design. We have to understand that many times delays in our life are part of God's plan. Delays in our life are part of God's purpose for us. Amen? And we have to trust His plan. What did we see last week? All things work together for what? For whose good? For our good. All things, God is working all things together for our good. That includes delays and, and hardships and struggles, things that don't seem to make sense to us. God is above us. His understanding is way above our understanding. And he's working all those things out for our good. Amen? And he's doing the same for this young man, Joseph. You know, for him, God was working on his bitterness, his self-pity. Remember in 1 Corinthians 13, we talked about how uh, not only, uh, it not only tells us that love does not keep a record of wrongs, but it also tells us that love is not self-seeking. Amen? Love does not keep a record of wrongs, and love is also not self-seeking. If we are walking in love... 
if we are walking in the light of God's Holy Spirit, we will not manipulate, we will not force our promotion. Amen? We won't try to get ahead on our own with our own hands. We will let God promote us in His perfect time. And God gives us that promise. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Which promotion do you think will be much better? The one that we you know, try to do on our own or the one that God gives us? Amen? We can't compare to God's promotion. Amen? Plain and simple. In verse 15, we saw Joseph's self-pity. You know, he told him, he said, please remember me. Mention me to Pharaoh because I don't belong in this place. I did nothing wrong and yet I'm still here. Self-pity and self-righteousness. We need to understand that they are complementing sins. Self-pity and self-righteousness are complementing sins. The question is, how do we get rid of them? Amen? If we find ourselves in a, in a self-pity situation or a self-righteous situation, how do we get rid of that sin? The easiest way is by forgiving and keeping no record of wrongs. Amen? At this point, Joseph had not forgiven his brothers. He had not forgiven Potiphar's wife. And he had not forgiven God for allowing all this to happen. Remember, Joseph, again, he's just like you and I. He's flesh and blood. In fact... He's way younger than all of us here. It was a teenager. Amen? Think of how we thought as a teenager. No doubt he probably even fantasized about his dreams, about the day that, you know, his brothers would, would fall down before him and bow down to him. He probably thought about it day and night. Longed about that day he could finally get revenge on his brothers for what they did to him. Now, to jump ahead once again, that day finally did come. However, when it happened, Joseph was not the same man as he was when he was talking to the butler. Amen? God had been working upon his heart during this time in prison, that, that time of preparation, that time of chastisement. God was working on this young man's heart. A wonderful illustration of how bitterness, how resentment, and how anger keeps us a prisoner as well. Amen. For Joseph, his true transformation occurred during those, those final two years in that dungeon. Now, after Joseph interpreted the baker and the butler's dream, God had given Pharaoh two dreams that he didn't understand. Pharaoh had summoned all of his magicians and, and, and all of his astrologers to, to interpret what he dreamed. None of them could do it. 
Not one of them could interpret his dreams. But it was then, an entire two years after the fact, that the butler finally remembered how Joseph had interpreted his dream as well as the baker's dream. Two years later. So what does he do? He finally says, uh, hey, Pharaoh, I know a guy. There's this guy down in uh, Potiphar's prison that's pretty good at interpreting dreams. So Pharaoh immediately summons for Joseph, and Joseph interprets both of Pharaoh's dreams. The first dream, he interpreted that there would be seven years of plenty, seven years of abundance. And Pharaoh's second dream meant that it would be followed by seven years of an incredibly devastating famine. Now, Joseph then then offers, he doesn't just interpret the dreams, but then he offers wise counsel to Pharaoh. And he advises Pharaoh to store up food during the first, those prosperous, those abundant seven years, and not just store up enough surplus for the next seven years for uh, just Israel, but also store up enough uh, of, uh, you know, support or, or enough uh, uh, product to support all the neighboring countries surrounding Egypt. So those seven years of abundance, he would store up not just enough food just for Egypt, but also enough food for all those surrounding countries uh, around Egypt. Now, Pharaoh was so impressed with Joseph's uh, wise counsel that he promotes Joseph right on the spot to be prime minister over all of Egypt. Now, to understand that position, Pharaoh was as high as you can get. Amen? Pharaoh was the most powerful man on the earth at that time, as a matter of fact. Prime minister was a position right below Pharaoh. That's the type of promotion that God gives us. Amen? Joseph just wanted to be promoted out of prison. God wanted Joseph to be promoted to prime minister. Amen? That's a God promotion. So Pharaoh promotes Joseph right on the spot. Prime minister. No doubt this was a God thing. This did not come from the hand of man. This was a godly promotion. So... The seven-year famine came, just as Joseph prophesied. All the, many, you know, a lot of people from all the surrounding countries, they were coming up every single day to Egypt, asking for food and, and trying to buy food for their families. And guess who was among those groups? That's right, Joseph's brothers. Amen? Joseph recognized them immediately. But they had no idea who Joseph was. We have to keep in mind, this is over 20 years later. He was wearing official Egyptian clothes, and he was also speaking what? Fluent Egyptian. And not to mention the fact that they, they cast him off as dead. They sold him as a slave, simply washing their hands of murder, but they pretty much thought he didn't make it. Now, the moment of 
payback finally came, right? Here they were standing before him. He's the second most powerful man in the entire world. Now it's payback time, right? Not at all. Not one bit. It was the complete opposite. When Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, he didn't punish them. He didn't treat them harshly. He didn't get revenge whatsoever. Instead, the Bible tells us that he wept. Joseph wept. He had missed his brothers. He longed to see them once again. That bitterness and and those grudges were long gone from his heart. His heart was now filled with love. And it was now time for him to show mercy and grace just as God intends. Amen? He had truly been conformed into the image of Christ. And just as Jesus had forgiven him, Joseph Joseph demonstrated how he had completely forgiven his brothers. Amen? And we must do the same. Forgiveness in action. Forgiveness applied in real life situations. And we have to glean from Joseph's life. And we have to do the same. Amen.